I want you to reach out and grab yourself a handful of man. Y'all motherfuckers need Jesus. What the fuck did you just say? Hallelujah and pass the gravy. Hello, 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 and welcome to another exciting episode of Handful of Man. We are your hosts, Patrick. And Theron. And today we're going to be talking with Scott. What's Scott, up? say hi to the public. The public. <laughs> hello, public. <laughs> All right, so... Today we're going to be talking about a few things. We're going to cover some gun laws. We're going to cover some budget gun builds, uh, what you should be buying, what you shouldn't be buying, and we'll go from there. So first thing up, I think we should be talking about a budget assault rifle build. Ooh, you already used wrong verbiage. Assault rifle. My assault rifle has not assaulted anything, therefore it's a battle rifle or a sporting (laughs) rifle. Nonetheless, I'm assuming you're talking about AR-15s or AK platform rifles. Well, I do have a baseball bat that's never been used for baseball, so... <laughs> that <laughs> might be an assault bat, then. It might be an assault bat. Might. Yeah, it's definitely an assault bat. So. Uh, AR-15 platforms are, are actually perfect uh, to get into for budget, and anymore, they're so inexpensive. I think you have to kind of figure out what your wallet can dictate so you can figure out what parts to put on it. There's places to spend more money. But if you have 750 bucks. You can put together a pretty solid battle rifle, defensive rifle, or sporting rifle off of an AR-15 platform. Yeah, I know you got probably one of the baddest assault rifles I've ever seen, or ARs, sorry. Don't want to offend anyone with my mm-hmm. language. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, you have an LWRC. Correct. Correct. Yeah, that's that's a really cool gun. I, I, I think that's probably one of the coolest ARs I've ever seen. It's, it's one of those things where it's a luxury. Um, if you are a car guy, you want a nice car, right? I'm a that's gun true. guy. I... I I want a nice gun. Is it necessary? Absolutely not. Is it pretty sweet and I want to like snuggle it in bed at night? Absolutely. Uh, but you don't need to have that kind totally of wall to get in. I'm just laying in bed <laughs> on my bearskin rug. Laying in the bed, cuddling yeah. it, purring. Hell yeah. All right. But if you do all that and you're purring on your bearskin rug, what's playing in the background? Mm, probably the Friday soundtrack, because I don't know if you've ever heard that, but it starts off with, like, Sly and the Family Stone. It just gets weirder from there. <laughs> all right. Mm-hmm. All right. So we're definitely going weird on the bearskin rug. Yep. All right. So yeah, the next time, next thing I want to talk about is uh, I want to talk about shotguns. I'm a big shotgun fan. Mm-hmm. You know that. Uh, I got a few of them. You have more. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> I want to talk about so. What would you want to do? What What's a good all-around gun for shotguns? Loaded question, right? Um, what are you going to do with it? So if we're going to talk about the basics of firearms, right? If you want a life and liberty gun, I mean, backtrack to the AR-15, right? If you want a life and liberty gun, you're going to want to get yourself a battle rifle, a tactical shotgun of some sort. And when I say tactical, I really just mean shorter platform. And you want to get yourself a solid sidearm. Uh, Glock, SIG, whatever you choose, right? Just as long as it's a reputable sidearm. Life Liberty, can't go wrong with the Remington 870. Can't go wrong with Mossberg 500. Um, The old school Ithaca uh, bottom load, bottom eject pump guns. uh, Featherweight 37s, I believe they were called. Yeah, and you're you're a fucking asshole for that one. (laughs) I used to, I've been out shooting with this guy a few times, and uh, his main joy in life is to shoot this gun and then eject the shells against me. So, so the brilliance of a Ithaca firearm is their bottom load, bottom eject, which means you can have your barrel pointed up in the air 
and choose who you're going to hit with the spent shell. And I try to hit people in the forehead with the hot casing is, <laughs> is my main goal. Uh, but if you want a good all-around bird gun, you can choose any one of those with the long barrel. Uh, you want to have a Life Liberty gun, any one of those with the 18.5 barrel. Um, really, there's a lot of good shotgun choices. Stay away from the super budget Ivor Johnson, Stevens, uh, pump shotguns. If they're sub $200, really you may want to consider either going used or stepping up an extra 100 bucks to get into a Mossberg. An extra 150 bucks gets you into a Remington. Right. So that's um, really where you want to be. Do you have any like specific brand loyalty as far as shotguns go? No. Once upon a time, it was Browning. It was kind of a label snob just because I love the way they feel. But anymore, if it's a well-made, well-constructed shotgun, I don't care. I really don't. All right. Yeah, that's really cool. All right, so I want to talk about barrel length, okay? Okay. So we, we've had this conversation a few times. I've had this conversation with a few other people. Uh, what's the difference between home defense, which is your 18.5, mm-hmm. uh, your turkey barrel, and your ski trap shooting barrel, your bird gun? So when it comes to home defense, you want to keep it in the 18.5 is, is the legal minimum before you have to go with an NFA firearm. Uh, well, it's actually 18, but 18.5 to be safe. Uh, so an 18 to 20-inch barrel is easier to swing around hallways and, and clear rooms. That's the main point for it. A lot of people want to also shorten it by putting a pistol grip on, but it takes away a ton of your aimability and, and, and point of aim, point of impact. That so, makes sense. So it, it really makes sense to keep a longer stock on it but a shorter barrel. You want a turkey gun, you're stepping up into the... 22 to 26, but 24 is the, the, the main line for turkey. Uh, and then you also add yourself a choke system so you can control the spread of, of the actual shot. When you get into the 26, 28, 30s, 32s, you're talking about bird guns. You're talking about longer range. Um, also, your your bore sight, your line of sight down down the actual barrel itself, the longer it is, the, the better you end up at range. So okay. it helps and a ton there. There's another thing, uh, chokes. So chokes, uh, for the people who don't know shotguns, chokes actually screw into the inner side of the barrel, the end of the barrel, uh, and they do what for you? They do exactly like the name says. They choke down the shot. So the shot is actually the uh, metal BBs that are flying out of the shot shell itself, and they choke it down. They keep it tighter, or if you get a, a looser uh, choke, you end up spreading out your pattern a little bit. Now, a lot of people are going to start becoming choke snobs, right? Is it an approved cylinder? Is it a modified? Is it full choke? Is it the... Man, typically people aren't good enough for that to matter. When you get good enough for that to matter, you already know about all that stuff. So if you're a beginner, don't even worry about it. Yeah, just shoot with what you have. Shoot with what you have and, yeah. and get good at it, and then you're good on any platform. I go out and I beat guys that are using $5,000, $6,000, $7,000 trap and skeet guns, and I'm beating them with a pawn shop special $300 shotgun just to piss them off. Because <laughs> I think it's a good time. Yeah, absolutely. All right, so another thing I want to talk about is everyday carry. Okay, mm-hmm. I know that you're a proponent for everyday carry. I'm not going to get into the politics of it because you're, you're, either, you're, you're, kind of, <laughs> yeah. you're, you're either with it or against it. I, I don't know. It really doesn't matter to me. Uh, I've tried it. It, it doesn't mean anything to me. We'll talk about that a little bit later in the show. But what I want to talk about is 
what is your everyday carry? And then what would your ideal everyday carry be? Is it the same as what you have? Or does your budgetary restriction kind of keep that in line? I've been playing around in the world long enough where the budgetary restriction isn't really there. Um, not, not because I'm made of money, just because when you're in something long enough, you end up collecting plenty of firearms. You $100 here, $200 there, 1000 bucks here, if you can afford it. So I don't think money would change what I carry. Blue Sky World? Well, let me, let me step back. What I carry currently... If I'm in a position where I absolutely positively cannot print, nobody can know I'm carrying, I carry a Glock 43. And I carry it in my front right pocket. This is the gun that nobody knows I have on. You will never see the fact that I have it on. Nobody's ever called me on it. Um, actually, the story you were telling about the guy that was trying to battle his way into your garage. Yeah. That's what my hand was on that night. Oh, wow. Nobody knew. Makes sense. So it could have ended badly. <laughs> Not for me, for only one person. So so back to the previous podcast with that as well, right? You you only take it to that level of force when it has to be taken there. Nobody ever wants to take somebody else's life unless you're a lunatic or a psychopath, right? Uh, yeah. I've trained my entire life to use a skill set that I truly have no want in using, right? Uh, regardless, we digress. Um 43 is what I carry when I absolutely cannot print. When I can wear a hoodie, a jacket, or something that will conceal a little better, I carry a full-size Glock 17. Um, like you guys, I'm a bigger gentleman, so I know a 140-pound dude is not going to be able to pull that off most likely. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, true. It is not that difficult for myself. Um, Blue Sky World, if I could carry anything and get away with concealing it somehow, some way, man, carry a battle rifle. Uh, <laughs> seriously, <laughs> a, a, a pistol is a means to fight your way to a rifle. Everyone's heard that, right? It's yeah. truly, it's the truth though. It's a superior weapon to have a battle rifle. All right. So you're the guy that's walking through Walmart with a battle rifle and a bandolier, right? No, I'm not quite John J. Rambo, <laughs> but if people want to look at me sideways, I might. <laughs> <laughs> all right. All right. So that's going to bring me into the next thing. I know you're a fan of Glocks. Theron is a fan oh, of yeah, Glocks. Very much so. Mm -hmm. I'm not a fan of Glocks. Uh, I really like the Smith & Wesson uh, Shield. Mm -hmm. uh, just for a lot of different reasons. I owned one. I really liked it. Um, what is the difference between Glock and High Point? I mean, I already know. I just want your <laughs> opinion on this because I think it's fantastic. Oh, good golly. This is typically the point in gun-related interviews where people start talking about how they're just a stone, a rock, a hammer... They a boat anchor. Yeah, yeah. name them Bob Marley because they be jamming. You know, it, it, <laughs> they they have their issues. Side note of that, they're a hundred forty five dollar gun. Yeah. If if you're the single mom that lives in the ghetto and literally you're scraping together everything you can and you cannot get together a penny more than one hundred forty six bucks and all you can get is a high point, do it. Absolutely, do it all day. That being said, if you are not that person and you can save an extra month or two and get an extra 150 bucks and buy a police trade-in Glock for $300 used that will last you literally the rest of your life, Makes that sense. is the better. It, it's a better option all day long. It's a superior firearm in, in the terms of fit, finish, quality, reliability, everything, right? Aftermarket parts, anything you want to do, a Glock's kind of like that Chevy 350. It's not the race engine. It's not the top of the mark, but, man, it's going to put 200,000 miles on it for a solid price. Right. 
Yeah, I, I my first gun I ever bought was a Glock uh, 22 series. I love my 40. I absolutely loved it. So, <clears throat> all right, so I want to talk about revolvers. What are your thoughts on revolvers? Depends on what state you live in. Uh, in a free state, capacity is going to roll every time. Uh, if you live somewhere like, uh, what is it, New York has a seven-round capacity limit, you're stuck with 1911s or revolvers. In that case, I'm going to take a revolver. Side note to that as well is if you just have an overabundance of guns and want some cool shit to shoot, revolvers are fun, man. They really are. They're a good time. But as far as like a combat weapon or defensive weapon, they're not my first choice because of capacity alone. That really? makes sense. I can see you with a like dirty, hairy style everyday carry. Where you got to pull like 19 inches out of your waistband before you just like aim it. <laughs> so when I was in communist California. Said no white guy ever. <laughs> when I was in communist California, I did. I carried a revolver. And and the funny thing about it is if you got carrying got caught carrying a loaded firearm, it was a misdemeanor. Really? If you got caught carrying a loaded firearm that had above 10 rounds capacity, it was a felony. Hmm. Right? So hedging my bets, being a free man, free thinker. I'm going to go ahead and make sure that I'd rather be caught with one than without one kind of scenario. Right. I carried a revolver. Makes sense. That's what I did. It was either that or a 1911. I prefer revolvers over 1911. All right. What's the coolest revolver you've ever owned? Colt Python. Really? Yeah. Huh. Yeah. I'm a Smith & Wesson guy, um, but I had a Colt Python for a short amount of time. They have a sweet trigger. Uh, it, once upon a time, I had a complete safe full of Smith & Wesson, so probably a close second was... Uh, I had a really cool 629 No Dash, which is a 44 mag. Mm -hmm. uh, super, super cool hog leg, but man, it'll beat you up. Yeah, I remember that Dan Weston special. That thing was dope. Oh, you're talking about the... Uh... Man, I forget what that even was. I don't know, but I got a cool story about that. Uh -huh. um, okay, so I got a job at a pawn shop Okay, mm -hmm. when we were living together, mm -hmm. and I worked there for one day. Okay. Yes, yes, and I remember. there was Persians running this. Now, I, I have nothing against Persians, but I happened to mention... This is the one right next to the Circle K, the Quickie Mart? Yeah. Okay, <laughs> just making sure. That pawn shop? So, okay. um, so it's it's funny. I happen to mention how they treat women, and, and I'm pretty sure like that's, how, that's why I got fired. Um, but it was funny. So, so I'm like, oh my God, I have to work at this pawn shop, and they want me to carry a gun. And I'm like, okay, well... Uh, I asked Scott, I said, hey, can you can you loan me a gun to use while I'm at work until I get my first paycheck, and then I'll go and buy a gun to carry on my hip. Uh, this is Arizona. We can carry guns on the hip, so it's not really an issue. But he gave me this Dan Wesson special, which for people who don't know, this is a very fucking heavy gun. Okay? <laughs> and I have always had a problem keeping my pants up. <laughs> right? I'm just going to say that. And uh, so I'm walking through this pawn shop, and I keep having to hold my pants up while I'm carrying this gun. And uh, I remember I, I was standing in the pawn shop, and this had nothing to do with why I got fired. <laughs> so I turn around, and my fucking pants fell down. <laughs> just, just, just flat out, they went all boxers. I got them up so quick that nobody noticed. Although they did have cameras, they could have looked at that. That might have been why I got fired. Probably. That's a very good possibility. I think I actually know why you truly got fired. All right, why? So that gun that I loaned you, which I never recommend loaning anybody a gun ever. This was a special happenstance. When I bought that revolver, it came with a holster. It happened to be a Phobus paddle holster. And if you are into guns, that is the gremlin of holsters. No, it's worse than that. It's like the, the day woo of holsters. <laughs> <laughs> 
you don't even use it to practice or sling around with because you're more likely to shoot yourself carrying a gun with that thing. Makes sense. Than, than just putting it in your front pocket. Yeah, and it was... calling it a day. So they probably saw your holster and knew you knew nothing about guns. And sorry for setting you up for failure. Yeah, that was brutal. All right, so uh, going off gun laws, everybody's oh, throwing shit. gun laws around right now. What's your take on gun laws? Should they be stricter? Should they be looser? I think they're absolutely positively unconstitutional. Um, it, there is no clearer language than "shall not be infringed." And you have to understand, I am the extreme spectrum of that. Mm. Um, and, and I don't mean extremist like a, a violent extremist of any means. I mean, I am an extremist for freedom. Right. Right. I don't even think if you're a convict, you should be restricted from having firearms. I agree. I believe if you've been released. Because I'm a convict. <laughs> well, <laughs> and, and so technically, you should be a prohibited processor, uh, um, possessor, depending on what your background is. Right. right. But I think it's bullshit. You, you served your time, right? They say you're safe enough to go back into the community. If you want a firearm, you're going to get it, whether it's legal or not, right. right? So if you paid your debt to society, why can't you have your restored freedoms? Makes why, sense. why can't you vote? That's true. That, that's a secondary subject with the two. Yeah. And that's just how I feel. If you're an American, you're on this soil, and you're a free man, why can't you have one? I agree. And, and I believe that way with age restrictions, too. Uh, my stepson just turned 18. He can't legally purchase a pistol yeah why he can legally join the army and legally go die in a different he had a, country he had to sign that draft card didn't he <clears throat> well it's not really a draft card anymore but yeah. but yeah no yeah. no no that's that's the point he's he can go fight and die in another nation right for a war that we may agree with or disagree with but he can't carry a firearm in his own country he can't go legally buy a fucking beer yeah so it, the hypocrisy that's in it is unreal to me uh second amendment written by our forefathers it, it's been pissed on probably start in 1934 um, when they first started doing the National Firearm Act and all right. that stuff. From there, it's been downhill. And there's something in our U.S. court systems. Uh, God, what's the legal terminology for it? Where there's legal basis when they've rolled on it before, whether it was constitutional or not. not. Now you have a, a, a foothold. Yeah, and they just keep taking your rights away. They just chisel at it, at it every year. Do you think I, they will ever take our guns? I think they're trying actively. But do you think it'll ever pass? It could. The pussification of America is unreal. Okay. Right? Our forefathers started a revolution with the most powerful military at the time over a 3% T tax. Right. What do you get taxed? 30% yeah. or greater? Yeah. Um. I'm, I'm going to go ahead and say everyone even at this table, pussification of America, right? Our forefathers would have kicked down fucking doors oh, yeah, and, and fought for their country. We don't. Every yeah, day. True. Yeah, we accept and move on because that's the norm. Well, it is. And every time there's a, a tragedy, no good tragedy is going to go unwasted, right? Look at the most recent one in Vegas, right? That touched close to home for, for some of us at this table. The Hush Act was all but penciled in to be fucking passed. Right. That goes through, off the table. That right? makes sense. So, no good tragedy goes wasted. I don't think they could ever legally or... I, 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 I want to say take our guns. There's so many guns on the streets now 
It would take hundreds and hundreds of years to get them off the streets. Now, hold on. you got to use the right terminology. It's not necessarily on the streets. I mean, I understand what you're saying, but in an American home, uh, they say there's, what, three firearms to every American? Right. Oh, shit. I don't know. The statistic goes up by the day. Yeah, but I look at it like this. I I feel like even with the NRA still having a foothold Mm -hmm. in in American society, I feel like uh, lobbyists that are still being paid by the NRA and by... Uh, pro gun, you yeah, know, absolutely. I still think that there's not going to be a way that they could take away guns because we still, I mean, not not we, but why don't you ask people, Australia or, or that's Great true. Britain that I, I'm pretty sure somebody said that exact statement in those two countries. That's true. I mean, in Great Britain, you can have a 22 rimfire or a shotgun, and you have to go through rigorous background checks. You can't have a center fire rifle. Same thing with Australia. Why don't you go ahead and look up their violent crimes too? It's horseshit. All right. So, what do you think about bump stocks? Because that's the whole issue, I guess. I guess people are people are arguing right now about bump stocks uh, because of the Vegas shooting. I'm going to tell you right now, and and if if you're pro gun, adamantly in it, you already know what I'm going to say. If you are anti gun, you are a fucking retard. Going after bump stocks, you are a fucking retard. They are laughed at inside the gun community because they're ridiculous. They're pointless yep. to say it's an automatic firing weapon now. CNN didn't even know what the fuck it was. And they're sitting here saying it makes it a fully automatic weapon. Automatic weapons were only designed for cover fire. That's it. That's all you do with a fully automatic weapon. Besides maybe a belt fed, but that's a completely different range of weapon. Right. The only thing you're ever going to use a full auto fire for is suppression so you and your team can get the fuck out. You're not doing that for mass casualties. You want mass casualties? Aim. Pull the fucking trigger. Yeah, because right. even that's the military mass is, is using... Uh is using burst fire. They they don't even they're not even taught to use fully auto unless in a situation like that. So they're using either burst fire or single fire and and I don't think bump stocks are even a thing. No. Although it was interesting to see the NRA come out and uh just basically say okay, fine, you can you can ban bump stocks cuz we don't really give a shit. It doesn't mean anything to anyone else. So. Oh man, so the NRA, they're a bunch of shills anyways. Uh they've never really been for the gun rights. Uh Look back in, up until the seventies, they weren't even advocating for gun rights. Oh wow, I didn't know that. They, they've created more gun bills against us than helped us. And, and this is a—you're going to get hate mail over this, <laughs> just so you guys know. Man, Everyone feels a certain kind of way about it. I—I I think they play a pussy politician's game instead of fucking standing their goddamn crown and saying I'm done with it. Which it's what I do. I have to do it with my ballot every time. And, and they have all this lobbyist power, and they fucking pussyfoot around and go ahead and tailor themselves to the liberals so they can seem more sane and be a PR game. Fuck you guys, you're trampling on my rights. That's what their message should be. And you know what? If they got a big fucking wallet from backers like me who pay them, swing your dick around and say, fuck you, we're not taking it anymore. That's what they should have. Yeah, no compromise on your rights. Absolutely. That's how yeah. I feel about it. I totally agree. Then again, okay. that's why I also don't run the NRA, so... <laughs> so so let's get into something uh, a little bit lighter now. I want to talk about gun cleaning and gun cleaning products. Okay, so how often should you clean your gun? After you take uh, a drink, drink of Crown Royal. <laughs> <laughs> so subjective, right? I know people that shoot 100 rounds a year. Uh, honestly, they don't need to clean their guns for shit. There's people that live in southern states or more humid states than we are. You need to clean it much more often just to keep oil on it. For me, if it's your everyday carry weapon, you clean it every time you shoot it. 
Okay. Right? I don't want to have any any reason for fouling, jamming, none of that. So everyday carry weapons, you you clean them every single time. Uh, every other week, I break mine down and oil them regardless. With your other shit, dude, if it ain't going to rust, don't trip. Clean it when it needs to be clean. Cool. Um, the other thing is don't get into all these boutique bourgeois uh, oils, frog lube, slip 2000, this, that. <laughs> Man, fucking motor oil works, right? <laughs> the true. the beard oil my wife makes works. I've used it on my ARs. Oil is oil is fucking oil, man. Some of it burns off at a higher temp, a lower temp. Dude, you're not in combat. Don't trip. Okay. All right, speaking of beard oils, what do you recommend? Well, my absolutely amazing wife does this handcrafted business where... We're all about building everything you can build and making everything you can the old-fashioned way, right? Okay. So she started up this this business where she makes traditional soaps, soaks, beauty products, beard oils, all this stuff, 100% natural, old-school way. It's made like, in the USA. Correct, yeah. It, it's small batch, dude. It's made in my kitchen, okay. right? So this is about as Americana as you can get. Um, the beard oil she specifically made for me, because as you can tell, I'm a large bearded mammal, mm. just like your uh, co-pilot there. I am, I am <laughs> not. This was like three weeks. State of Arizona happens to get dry in our little town. We have an average humidity of seven. So <laughs> you pretty much end up scraping your face off if you have a beard. That's why she made this beard oil. And uh, it, it works absolutely fantastic. Keeps me One thing itching. that uh, Rumpel Smooth Skin over here doesn't have to worry about. Hell yeah. no. See, and you'll never have backup rifle lube. I'm just <laughs> saying right now because it fucking works. You, uh, you keep that in your field kit? I, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I actually have a holster with beard oil in it just yeah. because I've become a soap snob now that she makes it. The mechanics bar and the beard oil is like nonstop <laughs> what I use. But if you guys want to check it out, that's Nelly'sHandcrafts.com. You can run over there and take a look at what she does. Yeah, we'll put a link at the end of this. I appreciate it. You guys are big supporters of it. Absolutely. All right, so the next thing I want to get into is what are you listening to right now? So we already talked about me. I listen to metal. Uh, Theron listens to rap. I like, I like Zikaboo music. What do you like? I, I am the way opposite side of the spectrum, right? So you got metal, you got rap. I'm on the flip side. I am totally country, bluegrass, and old school blues. So any one of those three is... What was that bluegrass band that you uh, listened to before? What? Picking, the, and, picking and Grinning? Yeah. Well, well, <laughs> that reminds me of Rainbow. Are you, are you talking that? about off the Oh Brother Where Art There soundtrack? <laughs> no, it's pro- probably it. What, what were you the talking about? The one that reminds, reminds you of Rambler. Oh, yeah. We, no, there's a Canadian band. Um, God, oh, what the fuck shit. was that called? Canadians are just now getting bluegrass because I think they're about 100 years behind in music. I'm telling you, man, this is like some grassroots fucking bluegrass. It wasn't bad, though. It was, yeah, it was actually pretty good. Uh, Even I was surprised. So we'll probably talk about that later on. (laughs) I can't think of the the band name right now. So, all right. So, bluegrass country, who specifically do you listen to? You know, asking me that. It's kind of like asking an ADD person what's in their head at the moment, right? I, I hop all over the place. When it comes to country, I listen to a lot of, like, Jamie Johnson. Uh, what are your thoughts to, on some Chris Stapleton? Dude, love it. Right. All, all day. Yeah. All day, every day. Um, when it comes to blues, dude, and Buddy Water, I know we have that in common, right? Oh, yeah. Anything Delta Blues, Buddy Guy. Um, man, Bluegrass, Dan Tomowski, he's phenomenal. Uh 
it just anything that actually has soul to it, I, I can yeah. get down with. I I'm see, not so much on the rap. I'm not so much on the metal. But if it's got some soul to it and can pick to my redneck heart, I'm good with it. And see, that's what that's what we all get into. I mean, I could feel soul in uh, most metal music. I mean, not obviously the harder stuff because you can't understand what the fuck you're saying. Um, but and Kelly Clarkson, right? Yeah, yeah, your totally, favorite yeah. Kelly Clarkson. Nickelback for, for all of our fucking uh, Canadian fans. You want to know what's the um, worst part about Nickelback? Is it all sounds the same? Kind of like corn, but corn's actually decent music. Corn no, songs see, all sound you, the same you, too. You can't even put them in the same sense. If you want to talk about something that sounds the same, why not Creed? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I think every <laughs> I think every Creed song sounds the same. And you know what? Now I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna do it. I love Eddie Vedder. You once called him a gangster, which is yeah. hilarious. Yeah. Uh, but Pearl Jam, man, almost every song you're like, oh, is this Black Jeremy or you know, pretty much every every other fucking Pearl Jam song because they all sound the fucking same. I I think we just incredibly Caucasianed up the show. Because I'm relatively certain there is not a ethnic group on earth that likes Pearl Jam except for white people. Hold on, hold on, because I can bust something out that everybody likes, well, or dislikes. It's definitely going to be Rage Against the Machine. And that was headed up by, I, I don't know, was he Haitian? I don't know. Yeah, he was, it, he was something different. I, I have yeah. no clue. That's he, like he head was, PE, right? What's that guy? He was, he, but uh, everyone no, that likes guy, him. That guy's black. Like, no one, like, uh, no one likes head PE. No. He claims to be a reptile, no, so that's like, just that's putting like it out there. Fucking insane clown posse, bro. Nobody likes that shit anymore. Anymore, it, it fucking fell nobody off. ever liked insane clown posse. I did. Did you know that? that oh, bro, followers... there's no coming back from that. <laughs> did you know that their followers are actually considered a gang now? Yes, they are. The juggalos all over the news. Yeah, I'm get all political if you get me going to that. You know what else is considered a gang? Like oath keepers, crazy, right? So anything our U.S. government says, you can go ahead and take to the bank. That's bullshit. Oh yeah. All right, so the beauty of podcasting is what you didn't see, uh, which is we decided to take a break, get a little lubricated, and uh, now we're going to get into some personal stories, which are always fun, right? Yeah, absolutely. All right, so we want to get into what happened with you <laughs> earlier on. <laughs> so so during the break, you guys didn't know what was happening was a break. Uh, we, we were talking about prohibited processors coming out of the gun thing, right? I happen to not be one, and that's mainly because I've just never been convicted. So, (laughs) all the stories that will be told tonight are far outside the reaches of uh, Statue of Limitations. Statue of Limitations. So, we're completely legal to talk about this. In in the little one-horse town we live in, we're across the river from uh, an opposing state that actually has casinos and everything else. The only thing dividing... My state and said state is a river. We were up at this casino having a great time, a bunch of friends and me, and we're hanging out kind of down by the boat docks when there was this obnoxious drunk that kept pick, pick, picking, right? And and this goes back. Fun. Oh, man, they're the worst, right? When you literally have tried everything you can to not punch the motherfucker in the mouth... <laughs> Yet he is just bound and determined to lose teeth that night. Oh, yeah. That is this guy, right? Here's the problem. Don't fight in a casino. Cameras everywhere. Never fight in a casino. It is the damn dumbest thing. They literally have security and police both on site. Cameras for everything. You're not getting away with shit. There's no getting out of fighting at a casino. Right. Everyone that lives in this town knows that. That's why you don't fight in a casino. That's why the only people that get in fights in casinos are tourists. 
And dumbasses. Yeah. So, you guys speak so fondly of California all the time, which is where this gentleman was from, and I use gentleman very loosely, kind of like his asshole. So, <laughs> we, we're out on these boat docks, and this guy, I'm, I'm backing, I'm backing, I'm backing, and he keeps coming back towards me, and I'm trying to warn him time and time again, this is a bad idea. We're both going to go to jail. You keep pushing this button, we're both going to jail tonight, and then it happens. My ass hits the rail right before the river. <laughs> so you have two choices at that point, right? You can handle what's coming to you. Fight or flight. Take it. Wait for the police to review the tapes. Hopefully you don't get knocked up with some kind of charge. Right. Or you plant a foot and knock his fucking teeth out. <laughs> I chose the latter. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it wasn't much of a fight. It was, he, honestly, he was so drunk, I think a good, strong, steady wind would blow him over. So this isn't like I'm a tough guy. He went down real fast, but what do you do at this point, right? Everyone's screaming. His girlfriend's screaming. People are yelling, oh, from the balcony. <laughs> There's no getting out of it. So, Briss walked down the river walk, trying to get away before somebody gets there, and you can hear security coming in behind me. Oh, shit. The brilliance of this is, at the time, my house was exactly three miles down river. <laughs> on the other side of the river in a different state. I did the only thing I thought I could do. I hopped in the fucking water. <laughs> it is well after dark. It's one o'clock in the morning. Oh, shit. I'm wearing boots, jeans, and a button-up. And it is freezing ass. Oh, man. This, this river year-round is 62-ish degrees, oh, right? God. And uh, this is right right next to a dam, too, so it's actually even colder than that. It's closer to 58. And, and the shock was enough to sober up the drunkest person. <laughs> and immediate. And you, you got boots on. You got jeans on. You cannot swim. Oh, no. I got out of that river with my keys, a waterlogged cell phone I should have just dropped, Boxers and socks. <laughs> Everything else got shed so I can float down river. Makes sense. I didn't think in a million years I was going to get out of there. And the only reason I did is because they they thought a fat man was drowned at the bottom of the river. And they were sending out <laughs> people looking for a corpse instead of a live human being. Oh, shit. That's great. Yeah, this comes from the guy that uh, literally taught me that the only way that you could sober up after a long night of drinking when you're out at the river is to go all the way to the end of the river where the dam is and jump in the water, which I thought this motherfucker was nuts. It is, it's not 60 there. It is fucking 45 degrees in that water. Ugh. Okay. Ugh. And it is a nightmare. You lose your breath instantly. And this guy jumps in. Jen jumps out just about as fast as a fat man could <laughs> possibly do it. Ugh. And he sobered up like a judge. It was amazing. I'm relatively certain I ran across that water back to the boat. <laughs> I jumped in to pee. <laughs> I jesus my way back into the water. I know. I have never seen anyone move that fast. Oh. Like, it, it was record-breaking. Mm. But I had you used to have a jet boat. Um, and I got made fun of for the <laughs> longest time because I did not necessarily have my sea legs. Okay. <laughs> I think I've fallen out of your boat more than anything. Um but it's funny, you had a jet boat. You're obviously a larger mammal. And I think it was probably funnier from the outside point of view. Because if anybody knows about jet boats, they don't sit a lot in the water. There's not a lot of material as far as the sidewalls. And the seats are up a little high. 
And when you're driving this jet boat down the river, you know, you're six foot something, you're you're pretty burly man. You, you look, look like, like a, a monkey, monkey fucking, fucking a football. football right? <laughs> There's no other way to put it. I know. You, you literally look like you didn't belong. It was fucking insane. That was... Probably one of my fondest memories was going down. All you can hear is a jet boat. I don't even know why the fuck you I, had a radio. I am, well, neither do I, but I'm relatively certain that the now owner of that boat is still digging sand out that was at one time in your ass crack from oh. falling out of that thing. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I got in. A, there had to have been at least, you know, 20, 30 yards of sand in my ass crack. I felt it. Believe me, oh, I, I was so, I had some fucking rug burn in my asshole for a long time. Great, great story about jet boats, right? That same boat, and and for those who know boats, this was a, a nineteen foot little jet boat. It was a, it was an eighty four Haskell, which is a super obscure brand, but it it, it was small, shallow, and and totally supposed to be like a small ski boat. There's this thing called the London Jet that goes by where we live on this river and it's this massive diesel power jet boat that's a tour boat so it puts off this massive wake and we're getting ready and you were in the boat at this time actually I believe. oh yeah we're getting ready to pull into the hoa marina and right as we are the london jet comes through and you you can't get around this damn thing you just have to kind of deal with it it's the largest vessel on the water so i'm trying to come around behind it and it puts off this about five and a half foot wake, and we're in a two foot boat. <laughs> so the go to maneuver in these little boats is you don't drive them as much as you just control the skip across the top of the water because yeah, you're constantly really. airborne. So I thought it was a brilliant idea. Fuck it, hammer down, right? Hit no. that throttle. I'll put a little in the air. We'll come back down. I'll let off the throttle. We'll go into the no wake zone. We center punch the wake. Oh, little did I know shit. we should have been having a fucking scuba tank. Oh, man. Three foot of water in a two-foot boat. I had to stay in the skinny pedal all the way through the no-wake zone just to get it to the shore. Oh, God. It was so bad that we burnt up a bilge pump getting the water out just to get it on a trailer. I know, and it was scary because this this wall of water just came across the top of this boat, and it smacks you, and it just takes your breath away. It was absolutely probably one of the scariest experiences ever. And I'm thinking, I'm thinking like, okay, the guy next to me, he's, he's going to know what to do. I don't think anybody would know what to do in that point. Like, you have one of two options. Either you're going to be overtaken by the wave, or you're going to take the reins and you're going to do it yourself. And that's what you did. And it, it actually ended not so bad. I mean, no, yeah. really. I, honestly, carpet dried out. The, the yeah. engine got the water blown out of it, and everything was good after yeah, that. $35 okay. bilge pump, we're good. We're yeah. back on the water <laughs> done, the next Done day. deal. Oh, yeah, man. The new we, owner doesn't need to know that. We, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you sold it to, like, a Swedish guy. but you No, had, you an had, Australian. You no. had the coolest setup I think I've ever seen. Uh, I came out in the garage. We used to live together. And I came out in the garage. This motherfucker's just welding some random shit together. And he had just gotten up early in the morning. Welcome he's like, fuck it. I'm going to go get some one-inch square tubing, and he's going to make something. I didn't know at the time what the fuck he was going to make. He decided that he was going to find four points on his motor... And he was going to build, like, I guess, a cage above it to put a cooler and then ratchet strap the cooler on top of the motor. Fuck because yeah. there's nowhere to put a fucking cooler on a jet boat. That's dope. It is absolutely impossible. So he hand-built, hand-welded this beautiful stand. And we went out to the water, and I'm thinking, fuck, we're going to be the Beverly Hillbillies or something. Like, <laughs> people are going to make fun of us on the water. And I'm like, you know what? I don't give a shit. It's not my boat. But he, 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 he welded it. He painted it. He ground it down. It looked so good. 
we took it out to the water and people were actually coming over the boat like hey uh can you make me one of those like that's the coolest thing i've ever seen like we don't have to carry these little dinky coolers i don't have to take four beers at a time right. no you can take a full-size cooler just stuff it on top of your motor how do you know you're a professional drinker when even your motor carries a cooler yeah so that was pretty cool but, you know, it's funny. I think back on that jet boat, man, and we, we stuffed four people on that jet boat. You know what oh, I mean? Man, and it was yeah. it was definitely not, Oh, man. You know, it, it was really designed for, like, two adults and two children or two adults and a cooler. And we put enough mammal in that thing <laughs> to, to probably sink most pontoon boats. Oh, the only shit. thing that kept it going was a jet and high RPM. So. Oh, yeah. That thing was slapping the water. But if you think about it, the, the best vehicles in your life, the stuff that you actually get like emotionally connected to, like you guys were talking about my Cadillac, right? So oh, yeah. that, that Cadillac was Grandpa's Cadillac. The reason that that thing has the fond memories is because... We could pack nine people in that thing, a couple bottles of liquor, and do a whole bunch of shit you weren't supposed to do, right? Yeah. The boat was the same way. Your Bronco, tell me some dumb stuff hasn't happened in it, right? So your your fondest memories come from shit you probably wouldn't do again now that you're wise enough to know better. I don't know about that. I think think I'm dumb when it comes to to vehicles. (laughs) (laughs) I think I'd still smash Theron's head on the fucking roof of that Bronco again. Again. Yeah. That's that's a fair game. There's a fucking dent in the roof. It's okay because I bought him a helmet. Okay. Just in case I decide to do that shit again. Yeah. See, I know it's coming, so I hold the seat. See, and and that's the epitome of becoming a responsible adult, right? It's a... preparing people for the dumb shit you're going to do, not yeah. stopping the dumb shit. Yeah, no, no, no. You're, all you're doing is buying more safety equipment. Okay? <laughs> Better safety equipment. Yeah, that, that's it. That's all you're doing. But see, that's the greatest part is that, you know, we've done dumb shit before, but one of the coolest things, uh, and something I probably shouldn't be talking about because my wife is sitting in the room, uh, we went to go get sushi like we do all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and as you men know out there, if you feed women sushi, it is an aphrodisiac. Oh, and good Scott, God, I forgot about this. Scott had his, I don't know, what would you say? It's like a $3,000 Cadillac, $4,000 Cadillac. It's beautiful, don't get me wrong. But the baseline on it is not very expensive. But you so, have like a $10,000 stereo in this motherfucker. Okay, like absolutely fucking ridiculous. And gold grill. But we go to sushi. Dude, Grandpa had good style. And we started playing some, what, like LMFAO or something. We were fist bumping. Like it was I don't know, time. something silly. And I didn't realize, I look in the mirror and I see my wife and she's just having a great time because I didn't realize that it was vibrating the seat in the back. <laughs> so not only did I feed her the aphrodisiacs, but she's also getting a little jiggle in the back. You know what I mean? It, it was pretty funny. It was a good time all around. So I was not keen to this whatsoever until I see that like Grinch style smile, you know, where it starts curling at the edges first <laughs> out of Patrick's face. <laughs> And then he starts turning my stereo up, and nobody turns that stereo up. It's like, uh, you need earmuffs to sit inside the vehicle when it's going. And I see him turn it up, and I'm like shouting to him, why are you turning it up? (laughs) And he points back at his wife, and I go, oh, I totally get it now. Hold on, I have a song for this. Yeah, no, this is is the most expensive sex toy I'm ever going to (laughs) have. And it's not even mine. That's the greatest part. Oh, I do not recommend it. <laughs> oh, man. Speaking of sex stories, there was... <laughs> me and Patrick went to uh, Liquor Castle. Whoa. <laughs> no, 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 no. I'll let you finish. Me and Patrick went to Liquor Castle, which is it's a, it's a liquor store here in our town. And uh, we pull up. You know, we go inside, grab a few things. 
And we come back out. Or was what she doing it when we pulled up? When we pulled up, yeah, we we <laughs> I pulled into a parking spot, and it was like I flashed lights on her. Okay, and she was sitting. Uh, or she was standing outside just, the car. just outside of this this suburban, and she was giving the dude a fucking hand dude, job, straight hand job, okay. in the parking lot of Liquor Castle. Granted, this is not in the greatest part of town. No. Okay, and it was broad daylight. Yeah, and she literally just she doesn't stop. Okay, no, she's good at this. She's a good worker. Okay, Great I worker. respect her work ethic because oh, she doesn't. I'm stop. not even upset. I'm impressed. She just doesn't stop. She just looks at us and smiles. That's okay. it. So either a hand jobs are on sale. Okay. <laughs> Or B, she just doesn't want to give up on whatever she's doing, which I gotta respect her for. I got out of the car. I'm on her side. I get out of the car and walk, and she's like, "Oh hi." I just kept going. Yeah, all wait, I saw. Wait, was... How do you how do you just walk by that, right? I, and I don't know. Maybe I'm not programmed like a normal human being. I see weird stuff like that. I have to call him out on it. Like I have to say something. I make an awkward situation tenfold awkward. I, I think it was just sheer luck that we just happened to catch this. Okay. Yeah. But, I mean, it's a busy place. It's a liquor store in Bullhead. Mm-hmm. And if you know about Bullhead, the liquor stores are always busy. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, you don't go anywhere else to get a handy? Like, this is just... Was it spur of the moment? Is this where well, she I got back in the out? car, and I, I waited for her to, to move so I could open the door. And <laughs> <laughs> Wait, was she still in the middle of the act yes. as you're... So I walked up to the car and I'm like, "Excuse me." She's like, "Oh," and she stopped what she was doing. The guy got How out. I told Patrick he's getting a hand job, and he's like, "Nah." This dude jumps out, zips up a zipper, and she starts wiping her mouth. Yeah, it dude. was straight. It you was know what? So funny because the best hand jobs are done with the mouth. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Nah, man. You know what? We see some funny shit in this fucking town, man. I got a guy that I look out my office window. I I work in an office. And I look out my office window, and every morning, what, 9.30 or something like that, there is a black guy. And I mean, you know, there's like six of them in the town, so I recognize that he's black. Yeah. And uh, so he's actually dancing, okay? He dance walks all morning, okay? But he does it very slowly right in front of my window. And I get a really big kick out of that, man. There's not a lot of black people. They just don't tan, so there's really no reason for them to live here. Yeah. I don't know. So hopefully some so, black people can fill me in on this. Can I bring up the elephant in the room with you with this particular show? Sure. sure. Why not? Yeah. Y'all sound racist as fuck, and I know the two of you, and you could both not be less racist. Yeah. Like, it's unreal to me. The shit you guys say, the unfiltered nature of it, I gotta say for the fact that I hate political correctness, I, I commend you, but holy shit. It gets so much worse when you're not here. Yeah, like, is this, are these see, the thoughts that bounce around people's heads and you guys just say it? No, I love black people. I think I think it's like working. I, know. I think everybody should own one yeah, or two. Oh, my God. All right, so here's the thing. I work in customer service. You work in customer service. Theron doesn't work because, well, you know, he likes the blacks. I I'm black. Okay, Leave so, me alone. But he, from the waist down, you got ashy knees? I have ashy knees. Yeah, okay. So, but here's the thing, okay? At the end of the day, like, there's a lot of shit rolls around in my head when I'm at work. And this is like my outlet, okay? Oh. And, and honestly, I know that it's... It, I'm not going to say negative thoughts because the shit's funny as hell. Mm-hmm. But I have to get this shit out because it's just fucking great. Well, I think that's part of the depussification of America we were talking about earlier, right? Why the fuck can't you say what you want? Right. If somebody's offended, suck it up, buttercup, and get the fuck through it. Because at the end of the day, tomorrow, if you're still offended, fuck you. Who cares? Nothing changes. The world keeps moving. That's right. So I commend you guys for, for saying everything you want to say. I'm not. I'm not... Racist. I mean, 
I don't like certain people, but that's not based on color. Uh, well, you no, know. everyone's got hatred in them, right? So it, racism's hating people blindly. Yeah, I, hate, no. I hate people on purpose, right? Exactly. I hate the asshole that yeah, drives basically. 45 and a 55 in the left-hand lane. Oh, Get yeah. in the fucking right lane, you I idiot. I have brain aneurysms every time I drive in this fucking town. Yeah, but well, don't you thing. have brain aneurysms every day anyway? Those, those <laughs> yeah. <are> seizures. <laughs> oh, sorry. Two things. No, but I look at it like this. And someone said this to me a long time ago. Very wise old guy, obviously. And definitely racist, because obviously. Um, but he said every culture has its... Negras. Okay, I'm not yeah. going to say the yeah. actual <laughs> word, right? right? But every culture has them, right? Oh, yeah. So we got white trash, obviously. Mm-hmm. You know, we live in a town with a lot of fucking white trash. Uh, we have a lot of beaners, you know, mm-hmm. There's but there's beaners well, and there's Mexican folk. The, the funny thing, thing. The funny thing about it, too, is it, it, geographically inside this country, too, right? So if you go to Southern California, you're going to hear a lot of people complaining about Hispanics. You go to New York City, it's Puerto Ricans. Yeah, right. Right? Yeah. And, and it, you go anywhere. You go, uh, I'm from upstate New York and a little farm town no one's ever heard of. We complain about Canadians. Yeah, right. Right? <laughs> yeah, they're the foreigners you're worried about, whereas California's worried about all of these Mexicans. But you're right. You know what? It's funny. Um, a friend of mine once told me it, that the Puerto Ricans are the Mexicans of, of New York. Yep. Like it, Before that, it was the Irish, right? Oh, yeah. The yeah. infamous no picture shit. of uh, help wanted, Irish need not apply, right? Right, yeah. See, everybody said they're turning turning the fucking pot. All right, guys, this has been our our, our crazy fucking episode of a uh, handful of man. Thanks, Scott, for coming down. Thank you for having me. We might have him on again if you guys uh, like it. I don't know. We'll see. And uh, if you guys don't follow us on social media, make sure you do on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And we'll see you next time.